Okay, how's it going? Um, if you're watching live, please do tell me uh, where you're listening in from. Uh, basically, what I want to do this week is do a Facebook Live every day. And the reason for that is Atheism for Lent starts on the 14th of, uh, of February. And I wanted to do a reflection every day about each week. Um, and this means that if you're doing Atheism for Lent, it kind of gives you a, uh, a little bit of a feel for what you'll be doing. Um, if you're not doing Atheism for Lent, well, you know, you'll get to hear a little bit about the content um, and hopefully get something out of it. So that's the plan. Um, what I want to do is just take one reflection from each week and talk a little bit about it. And it'll be a reflection that probably I won't do very much on during the actual course. Uh, each week, there is a kind of a different move um, and a different set of thinkers that we're going to look at. Uh, part of the idea is, so we start off in week one with um, a general kind of like reflections on the vibe and the feel of atheism for Lent to try to get us into the, the frame of mind for the, for the journey. Then the first week will be kind of reflections on all the standard critiques of religion and God, the ones that we're probably most aware of. Um, we're going to listen to them, we're going to reflect on them, and uh, kind of interrogate them. Then the second week, uh, we're going to look at the mystics. Uh, the mystics are kind of, in a sense, one of the first groups of people who do a type of theological atheism. They um, critique the notion of God um, by kind of like exploring how the, the word is, uh, references something transcendent. So every time you say God, you say less than God, and therefore that has to be, in a sense, rejected or suspended or critiqued or um, placed beside contradictory notions in order to keep it open. So we'll look at theological mysticism as, as a form of exploration of atheism and, in a sense, as a response to some of the standard critiques of God. And then the third week, uh, then we'll move into kind of the materialist critique of mysticism. Uh, that's interesting because we get into people like Freud, Marx, Nietzsche, Feuerbach, and um, one of their critiques um, that comes out is, in a sense, some of the mystics, they actually get rid of the very uh, interesting part of Christianity, that the mystics, some of the mystics in their kind of exploration of the transcendent, um, basically uh, have a Christianity that isn't very worldly, that isn't embedded in real political and cultural movements. And so, you know, someone like Feuerbach, he comes in and he says, well, you know what, like, you know, the mystics, maybe, maybe they're right and maybe they've got something, but what's really interesting to me, um, as Feuerbach says, as a, as a radical materialist, is he says that, that there is something in the scriptures that's very earthy and that actually he says the truth of theology is anthropology, that the idea is we actually see that in our, in our exploration of God, we're really exploring what it means to be human and the, the truth of theology is materialism, is engaging with the earth and with our neighbor and uh, embracing love. And so they, they do this critique of mysticism. Then after that, in week four, 
we will look at some existential theology that takes seriously the, the kind of materialists and explores a notion of theology that takes seriously the mystics, but also takes seriously the critique of the mystics. Um, and then the week after that, um, we look at uh, contemporary theological atheism, some of the, the contemporary thinkers and people who I've been influenced by. And then finally, at the very end, there's some reflections on what this kind of uh, theological engagement with atheism looks like in practice, uh, in terms of music, in terms of art, in terms of liturgy. So that's kind of like the broad sweep of, of, the, of the journey over 40 days. And I just want to start with the very first reflection that if you're doing atheism for Lent, you'll get. And it is actually um, from this little known comic called uh, Knight and Squire, right? which my friend Jay Baker put me on to because um, I'm not a big comic book guy. But he told me about it and I had to buy it and uh, find out more. Basically, Knight and Squire are kind of like a British version of Batman and Robin. Um, the whole comic book is, is kind of funny and satirical, but um, they, they're kind of like these crime fighters. Knight is a very upper class kind of posh guy, and the squire is his sidekick. And the very first, um, ep uh, the very first what do you call it, uh, comic in the series uh, is set in a place called a pub in London called um, The Time in a Bottle. And it's interesting, I'll actually read you the very first page. Uh, it says, let's see. In the conjoined cities of London and Westminster, there are pubs for trades, pubs for hobbies, and pubs for fetishes, and pubs for things that are a bit of all three, right? And then we enter into time in a bottle, which is a bit of all three. And what it is, is it's a regular pub in London, but um, on a Thursday night, all of the superheroes and all of the supervillains meet. Uh, they go for a drink. Whether they don't all go there, but they can. So a lot of the superheroes, a lot of the supervillains from London and, and from the UK go there. And there is a truce spell on the pub. So, and it's because there's a statue of Merlin up in the attic. And this means that there's no fights. You go in there, you have a pint, you talk about your week. You might be sitting beside your greatest enemy, um, but for those few hours, there's nothing you can do. So you just kind of chat. And then when you leave the pub, you will magically appear somewhere in London. So you can't like trail people, you can't kind of fight outside the bar, right? And this has been going on for centuries. I think the pub was there from the 16th century. And what's interesting about this is, of course, these, these superheroes and these supervillains are fighting all the time and they've got all of their conflicts. But on a Thursday night, they go, they have a pint, they play darts together and they talk about, they talk about their lives. Now, it's funny because all the superheroes, a lot of them are very weird. Um, like there's a guy who is obsessed with the Joker and he dresses like the Joker and he's got all the makeup on. And... Um, he, he basically worships the Joker, but the only thing he can't do is he, he doesn't like committing crime. Uh, he finds it very classless, finds it very tasteless, so he can't do it. Um, and um, they, they, all these weird superheroes, they, they talk about how the, the American ones never come to visit. 
you know, like Superman never comes to the pub, like why, why not? Like, so they're all like a little bit jealous of the, the very cool superheroes in, in America. Um, and the idea is there's one guy in particular who he, um, he comes into the pub and he's dressed in this outfit. I forget what he's called, the Shrek, I think. And uh, he's introduced, he introduces himself as a villain. And, you know, Squire says, so you're a villain, right? And he says, well, I think I am. He says, I, I joined a website uh, for villains. And, uh, you know, I'm testing the water, right? And, uh, and so they show him around the pub. And they talk about how in this pub, famously, the Martians had uh, a meeting with the British Parliament to not only invade uh, Britain, um, but also to invade other countries. Uh, also, there was, what else happened there? Um, I'm trying to, oh yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh yeah, where the Church of Blood of England uh, came to announce that they would only sacrifice virgins metaphorically and no longer literally. And uh, so these various kind of like truces famously have been made in this pub time in a ball. And the reason why this is the first reflection on atheism for Lent is you know, very simple. It's that atheism for Lent kind of has Merlin's spell over it. Uh, atheism and theism are often seen as enemies. And they often battle uh, in a very bloody way. But over atheism for Lent, uh, there's a truce. And we're entering into a space where those positions can listen to each other, can engage with each other, hopefully in a productive way. And just as in time in a bottle, creating that space actually is of benefit to both sides and kind of truces are made and things, things happen, relationships are formed. Uh, in the same way, uh, atheism for Lent is a little bit like this pub in London and Westminster called Time in a Bottle. It's a place where we're not, the whole point of it is not that we're going to argue what's right or what's wrong or anything like that, but for this 40 days, we're just going to bracket that out and we're going to listen to whatever we read. And one week, some people will really resonate with the stuff and they'll be like, oh, you know, I would totally agree with this stuff. And then maybe the next week they'll be like, oh, no, I really disagree with that stuff. But the idea is we kind of like, that's important. And just as in, in Night and Squire, it's like all these battles happen. They all happen outside the pub. But there is a space once a week where it doesn't happen. And so atheism for Lent is like a space once a year where that doesn't happen. And instead, we allow ourselves to be disturbed and decentered by the things that we read, the comic books we look at, the things that we hear, the art that we're going to look at, the music that we'll listen to. We allow it to do something to us. Because the thing about agreement and disagreement is that agreement and disagreement sounds great. You know, it sounds like if you agree and disagree, um, it's like you're critically thinking. But it's not really like that. Whenever you agree or disagree, what you're doing is you're taking what you hear and you're putting it in one of two boxes. So if you like it, you put it in the box of agreement. And if you don't like it, you put it in the box of disagreement, um, which is fine. But in, you know, in university, you, you know, you're taught and in philosophy, you're taught to try to not agree or disagree with the material straight away 
but to allow it to challenge you and to allow it to break those boxes that you hold and that you have. So time in a bottle is a little reflection, just a fun little reflection from a kind of cool comic book um, of the type of space that we're attempting to create. So um, I'm gonna see if you've got any questions or comments. Um, see if any of you have read uh, Night and Squire. I think a couple of people said that. Sounds a bit like Deadpool. Yeah, it's kind of got that kind of funny, humorous edge to it. And there's some great lines in it. Um, I don't know if I'll be able to find a find one, but um, yeah, like the villains are great. There's a, there's a villains here called the First Eleven. And they're a, um, if you can see that, they look like a, a cricket squad. And it says they're a crime cartel with branches in India, Australia, and the West Indies but they've never caught on in America for some reason. Um, so yeah, so you've got very weird and strange kind of like uh, heroes and villains. Um, Kent Dobson's there, don't forget Jung. I'm not a Jungian, Kent, you know that. Um, I like Jung in the early Jung. I, I agree with Freud that Jung lost his way in his later work. I need to one day talk about that. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the difference between kind of Jung and kind of more kind of psychoanalysis in Europe and where it went. Uh, I know I'm going to make enemies in that because there's a lot of people in America love Jung, I've noticed. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, and I enjoy a little bit about what I read. Um, oh, somebody asked, Victoria saying, if you already said, when does it start? It starts on the 14th of uh 14th of this month february and you can find out details like basically on my website or on my twitter or anything like that um, so oh i'll tell you a couple of the other reflections we'll be doing on the first week as well the first week isn't a full week um so it's really just a getting into something and um, i'm going to i'm going to actually give everybody the script to the movie making love the short film which should only take about 15, 20 minutes to read. You know, it's, it's a script. Scripts are easy to read. But that's what I'm going to primarily concentrate on in the, in the seminar that I give. Um, because there's something in what I'm trying to do in that script that captures the heart of atheism for Lent. So we'll have that reflection. We're also going to have uh, a musical composition by Gorecki, um, who's a Polish composer, uh, which is very, very beautiful. And I'm trying to think what the last reflection is. Knight and Squire, Gorecki, the Making Love script. And there's something else. It'll be a surprise for you. It's a surprise for me. I can't remember. But I have been spending ages putting it all together. So it's all a bit of a blur to me. Um, let's see. Uh, Rebecca sent all my calendar to sign up. Great. Good on you. <laughs> um, all right. Well, listen, I'm going to, as I say, jump in every day and just give a very short reflection like this. Might be 10 minutes, might be 20 minutes, just taking one of the things. So next week, uh, it's going to be um, the, the traditional critiques. But I'm trying to take good ones. There's a really good one called The Invisible Gardener. It's a parable. Um, I'm actually going to read it for Atheism for Lent so people can listen to it. They can also read it if they want, but it means that if you're going to work or something, I'll just tell the parable. Uh, so I think probably tomorrow I'll, um, I'll talk a little bit about that. 
So if you want to look it up, uh, it's called The Invisible Gardener, and it's by Anthony Flew. Oh, might not be by Anthony Flew. He's the one who made it famous. Um, I've got to double check on that, whether he borrowed it from somebody else. I've got a feeling he did. Um, so we'll probably do that one and maybe do something else. Uh, and then we'll take it from there. So thanks very much for checking in and I'll uh, talk to you all again tomorrow. Bye.